Hey everyone, welcome back to the BT Powerhouse Podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit. I am the host of the podcast as well as manager of BT Powerhouse. We're continuing on with our season preview series. I think we're on the the last couple of teams now, um, and we are we've reached uh, one of the more successful programs in the Big Ten over the last few years. Uh, they're coming off an Elite Eight appearance. Uh, some recent Big Ten titles as far as the regular season are concerned. A lot of momentum. Uh, that's the Purdue Boilermakers. And to help us break it down, we have Bryce uh, Bennett, who's a writer on our site. Bryce, how's it going tonight? Good. How are you? Um, happy to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. I, I don't know if you've been on before. Um, but we no, are, first uh, one. Okay, first well, one. excellent. Yeah, so Bryce uh, has a, a long history of following Purdue. Um, so you should be able to help us out here as we we preview the Boilermakers. So uh, let's just dive right in. And and obviously the the place to start, unfortunately for Purdue fans, is last season and that heartbreaking finish against Virginia in the Elite Eight game where Purdue was oh so close to making its first Final Four in quite some time. However, uh, Virginia is able to get it to overtime and the Cavaliers pull it out, go on to win the national championship. Nonetheless, uh, very successful season. We're now into the offseason. The program, they lose Carson Edwards, who heads out to the NBA. They lose Ryan Klein. Uh, a couple of the other guys. What, what's the feeling uh, among the Purdue community, Purdue fans uh, at the moment from your perspective, Bryce, uh, and sort of the, the mood, I guess, coming into the season? Yeah, overall, I'd say it's, it's, it's pretty high. Uh, I think last year obviously ended on a very – uh, bittersweet uh, moment. Um, I think you know no other team in the tournament maybe had such highs and 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 lows in in their tournament experience. Um, coming with the you know the big shot by Klein against Tennessee, and then uh, to play Virginia so uh, tough and close, and uh, just be seconds away uh, from making it to the first Final Four since 1980. Um, you know it was. Obviously, a very uh, you know a big year, a surprising year uh, last year. Uh, a team that I think you know, if you look at after the Notre Dame game, especially, it looked like it was going off the rails a little bit. But uh, the team came together. Uh, Painter did a great job, and um, you know now going into the off season, I think you know the big questions are you know what what's going to happen offensively. Uh, but I I still think there's a lot of hope that this can be a, you know, top four, top five team in the Big Ten. And I think, you know, Painter with his run over the last couple of years has really earned a lot of trust from the fan base that he, he's going to kind of, you know, figure it out as the year goes along. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree. I mean, obviously the the finish to last season was pretty rough. Uh, but again, once you reach that, that Sweet 16, Elite Eight, uh, and deeper into the tournament, every game is going to be decided by a couple points, unless you're one of those rare, rare good teams, um, which, I mean, Purdue was facing off against the eventual national champion. So <laughs> it's it's hard to expect uh, they would have been able to get by in that game in anything other than than close fashion. So falls short, but things overall, I, I think for Purdue's program are, are very strong. Obviously a remarkable run of success here for the Boilermakers recently. And, you know, Matt Painter, I, I think you can argue uh, Painter and Izzo, really are have are the most established guys at this point you know with beeline leaving michigan 
Um, I don't want to say there's an opening because Michigan State looks like they're going to be stacked coming in here, but um, I, I think Painter may – you can make a pretty strong argument. He's got things rolling the second best in the Big Ten just behind, you know, given what Michigan State has done. But, uh, yeah, I think things are in good shape. I think this is a, a pretty talented team coming into the season. Maybe not quite as talented as last year, but but a lot to work with. Uh, with that, why don't we get to – I always like to start off with what's out the door. Uh, as we mentioned, you know, Purdue's losing Edwards. They're losing Klein. Um, they're losing Eifert. Uh, how significant are these losses? And then, moreover – uh, Purdue's also adding some new pieces as well. So can you just take a minute or two to talk about, you know, who's out the door and who's coming in? Yeah, sure. It is it is pretty significant in a lot of ways. Uh, Edwards obviously was, um, you know, handled pretty much all of the offense. Um, last year, everything kind of running through him, uh, you know, most of the attention from the defense and, um, you know, still delivered uh, a pretty memorable season in a lot of ways. Um you know, Klein obviously known for his uh, shooting ability, so they'll need to replace that a little bit. But I think they'll be able to do that um, through kind of a, a an approach just with a few different players uh, that are coming up. Uh, and then Eifert, kind of the glue guy um, as the foreman, and that's kind of one of my bigger questions um, this year as well: uh, is can they replace that consistency um, that Eifert brought uh, to the fore? And uh, I think Painter's got a couple things he's going to try there. And that'll be one of the interesting things to watch uh, with the, this year's team. Certainly, yeah. I mean, I, I think to start off with, with the departures, you know, obviously Edwards, you, you really can't put into words how big of a loss that is. And I, I realize Purdue's had some special players come through the program over the last decade or so. Uh, you know, guys like Caleb Swanigan, A.J. Hammonds. But Edwards was a truly remarkable guy. I mean, if you're a, a believer in Ken Palm's player ratings, finished third uh, nationally last season for the Boilermakers. And uh, replacing a guy like that, reasonably, you you just can't do it uh, in a given year. That doesn't doom Purdue season, but it's just reality. It, it's hard to expect that. Uh, moreover, Klein and Eifert really knew their roles. They knew how to play in them. Very, very efficient offensively great from outside the arc that's not going to be easy to replace at least on paper so that's tough uh some of the new additions i i don't think there's anything at least from my perspective that really pops out where i'm like wow you know this guy's going to be awesome from day one uh but they are adding some depth and really matt painter's program has been built on player development i wouldn't expect anything different this season it's going to come down to primarily the returners uh how much can those guys improve guys like eastern uh, and and whatnot, but uh, but yeah. So with that, um, why don't we move back? So we've taken a little bit of a look at you know who's out, who's in. Um, some of the strengths and weaknesses. Uh, can you just detail? You know, what are some of the things you're the most excited about with this team? And then conversely, what are you most concerned about as the Boilermakers prepare to enter the season? Yeah, I think I'm excited in a few ways. Um, I think that this team can be better defensively than they were uh, last year. Um, you know, last year they were you know, pretty good defensively, uh, got better as the year went along, finished 34th in Ken Palm. Um, I think with, with Nogel kind of taking a uh, center stage here and with Harms on, on the backside, um, kind of protecting the rim uh, and, and pick and rolls, they, they could be you know, pretty good defensively. Um, 
and it, that kind of leads into you know talking a little bit more about Nogel here. I, I think he uh, it, it could be right on the cusp of a of a pretty big year. Um, you know, you offensively you you got to get a little bit more from him uh, just with the variety. He kind of uh, can take it to the basket uh, and score that way. But if he can develop a little bit more of a jump shot, uh, maybe more of a uh, distributor. Um, you know, he could have a pretty, pretty nice year. So I'm excited to see uh, what he can bring to the table. Um, from a big man standpoint, I think Harms and Travion Williams, that dynamic, I think is going to be interesting. Uh, Painter's indicated over the, uh, the off season that he'd, he'd like to try Williams at the four a little bit, uh, which would be an interesting experience, interesting. experiment. Um, not sure how that's going to work, but, uh, you know, it's something to watch for uh, this year. And then, you also have Aaron Wheeler there as well, who's very athletic, um, can really shoot the ball well, and um, kind of your your prototypical three and D type guy. And so, if he can kind of take that next step for them, um, I, I think that could be an interesting part. And then they have a, a transfer from uh, High Point, uh, Jihad Proctor. Um, he averaged 19 and a half a game last year, um, and I think he's going to be you know asked to kind of take on a little bit more of that scoring load. Um, you know, obviously, you know, translating 19 and a half in that league to the Big Ten probably won't uh, be, be that high. But he is kind of a, uh, you know, for Purdue fans, uh, kind of a Tyrone Johnson type scorer. And I think he can shoot a little bit, too. Um, you know, concerns, I think, you know, given as much as they have to replace, you know, what's that going to look like early in the season? They've got some tough games. Um, they've got Texas coming into Mackey. Um, They've got Marquette on the road. Um, you know, they'll play in the Emerald Coast Classic with teams like Florida State and Tennessee. Um, so, you know, kind of a tough, tough non-conference schedule and, and kind of molding all these pieces together uh, could be a little difficult. Um, and I think offensively, it could be a little bit of a struggle early on. Um, so it kind of might be a kind of grinded out type type thing. And so I think that's something to look for. Um uh, coming into the year and you know we'll kind of see how it plays out interesting yeah i mean i i i'm kind of with you you know for the most part i i think from an optimistic standpoint uh first off i think you just have to start with the big picture stuff and maybe this is too generic um but matt painter has really built this thing into a really consistent program um you know and what i look for in that is you know they win they develop players and moreover this isn't a team that is going through just this massive, massive roster turnover on a yearly basis, which um, I know some people kind of freak out about that or, or what have you, but um, it's really nice to have, you know, maybe a couple guys graduate, but you still have a nice core that you can bring back. And that's something, if I'm a Purdue fan, I'm really excited about this season. Uh, and specifically that core coming back, you know, you mentioned Harms, Eastern, uh, Wheeler, um, Williams, you know, that's a nice group to come back with. I don't think it's unreasonable to think you could have three, maybe four starters, probably three starters out of that group to start out with. And then you can look for, you know, maybe we can develop uh, some of the the depth options a little more. A guy like Hunter, um, the transfer, you know, you mentioned Proctor coming in. Uh, so you you have a little bit more leeway, I, I guess, you know, with this really solid core coming back and so much player development. Those are the things I'm 
I'm excited about it for Purdue. And as you mentioned, the defense, I think, could potentially take a pretty big step forward, um, especially, I mean, if Williams uh, can defend at that four position, I think that'll go a really long way uh, for the Boilermakers. Um, and Eastern and Harms, I, I think, can hold up on that end as well. Conversely, offensively, I, I think it's going to be a, a tough growing curve this year. You know, Carson Edwards dominated the ball offensively. I mean, he was sixth nationally in usage last season, uh, just ate up a ton of possessions. And then you're talking about two guys in Klein and Eifert who were so efficient offensively, both well above 40% shooting from three-point range. And they paired perfectly with a, a ball-dominant guard like Edwards. Uh, you know, a lot of times we have these issues where you have too many ball-dominant players. Purdue did not have that last season. They had one guy who dominated the ball and then other guys who could work off the ball. And now they're losing those efficient outside shooters. They're losing that guy who dominated the offensive possessions. Um, we'll have to see. I mean, guys like Eastern have shown some potential. Um, you know, we'll see. Maybe a guy like Harms can grow a little bit or, or Williams offensively. But there's going to be a lot of open shots, so to speak, uh, that Purdue has to fill. And frankly, I, I think that's a big question mark. You know, it's going to come a lot. A lot of it's going to come down to the backcourt. You know, what are we going to see out of a guy like Proctor? Uh, you know, what are we going to see out of Eastern? Guys like that. Uh, Hunter, you know, can they be efficient with more possessions uh, this season? I'm not sure. That's the big question about Purdue. If, if they can answer that in a positive way and find somebody who can be the team's lead usage guy with with some efficiency i think this could be a pretty dangerous team but that's that's going to be the uh the main question coming in so um with that uh why don't we continue uh moving on here as far as the team um we talked a little bit about the roster you know some of the strengths some of the weaknesses who's in who's out um let's let's talk for a second about the uh uh the starting lineup um, do you have a, a prediction on how the lineup's going to look? And if so, uh, what is that prediction? Yeah, I've got um, yeah, kind of a rough idea here. I think, you know, Harms obviously rounding out the uh, the five spot. Um, I don't think he'll start with uh, Williams at the four. I think he'll try uh, Wheeler. Um, I think, um, you know, then Williams first off the bench. Uh, but Williams is going to he's going to command a lot of playing time this year. And um, I think he could be in for a pretty, pretty good year, especially if he starts um, you know, developing that outside shot. Uh, he, he's pretty good in the post as a freshman. Um, and I think there's there's definitely room for a, a nice step for him. Uh, but I think Wheeler will get the nod uh, to start things off. Yeah, um, I think, you know, in the backcourt, um, I think Eastern obviously uh, is going to be a big, big featured player this year. Um, you know, one of the best defenders in the Big Ten. Um, I think he'll he'll handle a lot of the offense. I think I think Hunter gets a nod as well uh, at another guard spot. Um, I think he could have a nice uh, step as well in his sophomore year. Um, a lot of the things with him last year were were kind of confidence related and just getting strength. And so I think a year in the weight room uh, has been good for him and he'll, he'll have a nice, I think, bounce back, or, or I'm sorry, a, a continuation of a, a good year uh, last year. And then uh, I think Proctor will get the, the nod there. Um, 
to start things off. And that's just, you know, based on what he, what he was able to do at high point. Um, you know, if, if not him, maybe a guy like uh, Stefanovic, um, who is kind of the, um, you know, in the, in the Ryan Klein type mold. Um, he had a nice, almost shot 40% from three last year. Um, and so he, he kind of is in that, that shooting role going to take on, uh, you know, more of a, uh, more of a role there this year. So I think, I think that's roughly the starting lineup and, um, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Definitely a lot of, um, a lot of opportunities for young guys, uh, with this group. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you have two guys who are absolute locks to start, which I don't think is going to uh, shake anybody's, uh, mindset here. That's, Eastern and Harms, both those guys, you know, played a ton of minutes last year. They're both experienced. They know the system. I think those two guys uh, could be primed for for really nice years. I think those two are going to be locks for the lineup. After that, as, as you said, I agree. I think Wheeler is definitely going to be your starting four at the beginning. I think Williams will get some time there as well. And really, it's going to come down to, you know, the issues of like, does a backup develop behind him? Uh, is there another guard that they'd rather put on the floor? Those those types of discussions. But I would say at the beginning of the season, I'm with you. I think it's Harms and Wheeler are, are going to be your four and five. And then I think a lot is up in the air. I think Proctor is going to earn a starting spot. And I, I think Hunter will as well. Um, but you look at you look at the roster. And I mean, I don't think any of those guys are are surefire locks. I think other guys can, can earn playing time and, you know, we'll see about these, the freshmen as well. I mean, I, I know I sort of just cruised over them uh, because none of them are uh, elite prospects, but I mean, a guy like Newman, I mean, he's a, a top 130 prospects. I mean, that wouldn't be un, unprecedented uh, for a guy like that to, to earn some early playing time. So I, I think there are a number of options, but I think, uh, you know, gun to the head at, at the moment, I, I think it's going to be Hunter Eastern Wheeler uh, Proctor and then Harms and that's a nice a nice starting group Williams doing most of the backup minutes in the front court and then you you hope one of the freshmen can hit the ground running in the back court and or um, you know guys like Proctor and Hunter can play some some pretty massive minutes but I think realistically you're hoping one of those freshmen can can take some of those those backup minutes um, but I on that in that same line here um, with regard to you know, who, who do you think is going to be the be- team's best player? Uh, that that kind of stuff. Obviously, last year, uh, it was a pretty easy discussion. We all knew it was going to be Carson Edwards. This year, it's a little more open. Um, do you have any predictions as far as who's going to be the be- team's best player? Uh, anything on that front? Yeah, I think it's Eastern. Um, I think, you know, coming into his third year now, um, six six really, you know, built like a – uh, a really great, uh, you know, NBA type defender. I think he really, uh, you know, with, with opportunities now uh, on the offensive end, um, I think he takes a step forward and has a very, very good year um, uh, on both ends of the floor, uh, kind of continuing on from, you know, what he was able to do defensively last year and taking um, really the opponent's best player. And that's what he had night in and night out. Uh, and I think he's going to continue that this year. And then I think he's going to, uh, build a little bit more offensively. Um, I think you know, continuing with the uh, with the ability to get to the basket. Um, you, you saw a great improvement from his uh, free throw shooting last year, and I think um, you know, adding in maybe a mid range game or, or you know some sort of outside shooting. If you can get a threat uh, of shooting from from the outside, uh, he, he's a pretty 
hard player to stop. And so I think, um, you know, he, he's primed for a, a great year. And I think uh, another thing is, is Painter is very good, especially um, uh, over the last couple of years of, of, of finding those offensive opportunities for, for players and kind of building the, the playbook around um, a couple guys. Uh, you saw that especially last year with, with Edwards. Uh, he's pretty open offensively to how, how things can work and, and the plays they run. And so I think that's what they're going to try to build with, with Eastern and, and, and Harms and a few other players. But I think, I think Eastern's uh, he, he's ready for a big year this year. Sure. And I mean, it's, it's hard to disagree, disagree with any of that. I think Eastern is the, the, the pretty obvious pick. Um, however, you know, I, he has, he has some holes in his game. I, I don't think it's a sure thing that he's going to be, you know, a first team, all big 10 guy or, or anything in that regard. I mean, specifically, as you, you noted, um, gotta pick up the outside game. I mean, he doesn't need to be an elite shooter or anything like that, but, um, you know, he was a total non-threat last year, uh, from deep. And it's hard for me to think a guy in today's game can really be an elite player who's not you know not a big man and really have no game from outside the arc so that's something he's going to have to work on I think in terms of returners um the two other guys that I I think would be the most obvious or the most likely you know wild cards here would be harms um and then Wheeler you know I think Wheeler has a lot of upside I, I think he's a guy you look at his numbers you know he had some outside game he's got the size he can rebound he has that kind of stuff uh, I think he's a guy with some polish in a few different ways could really turn into a nice player this season. And then harms the biggest challenge for harms in terms of, you know, pushing for the team's best player or, you know, high end, all big 10 status is got to play more minutes. Um, 56% of team minutes uh, as far as what he played last year, that's fine for a big man. Um, but to really push it, I mean, you're looking at some of the other big men around the league, you know, a guy like Teske uh, for Michigan, um, and a, a few of the others, you know, Hap last year, I know he's gone, but those guys are playing far, far more minutes. Uh, they're basically playing guard minutes. So that's sort of the standard uh, he's going to have to get to to get there. And then newcomers, you know, maybe Proctor, but uh, I think Eastern is a is a much more logical bet uh, than than Proctor. So should be interesting, but I, I agree. I, I think it's Eastern at this point. Um but on that front, uh, why don't we move into a little more big picture stuff, uh, get out of the, the details on the roster, um, and specifically with regard to the schedule. You mentioned earlier, you know, it's it's going to be a challenge um, in terms of non-conference play. You know, they're getting Texas. They're going to Marquette. Uh, VCU down in uh, Florida. Um, they're going to get uh, Virginia um, in a home game in that, that rematch. Uh, what do you make of the non-conference schedule? How tough is this? And can a, I guess, reloaded Purdue rebuilding, however you want to refer to it, uh, survive? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, it is a tough non-conference schedule. They had a, a tough schedule last year and, um, you know, saw some struggles with it. Uh, I think with you know, even more experienced players. Um, and I think it's a, a similar type schedule this year. Um, but I think, you know, that really helped with strength of schedule. Um, and it, I think it helped with conference play as well. Uh, so I think it's, you know, ultimately a good thing. Uh, I think, you know, it'll help with the young players a lot. And, um, you know, they do have some of these games at home. You know, Texas is at home. Uh, Virginia is at home. Um, and so, 
I think that makes it you know a little bit better. Mackey is is one of the tougher places to play in uh, in the country, and um, so that'll be those will be fun games uh, for um, you know everyone involved there. I think Emerald Coast Classic will be a tough one as well uh, with VCU and then potentially uh, you know rematch with Tennessee last year. Um, yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge, and then you know. Uh, also at Marquette for the the Gavit games, um, it, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, and you never want to look over Butler as well. Um, it was there for a long time where Purdue had a, a lot of struggles with uh, with Butler through the years, and so um, it's going to be tough. And you know, uh, I, I think I think they can get through some of it, uh, especially if they can you know, maybe pick up a, a win, uh, build some confidence against Texas or. Uh, you know, at Marquette, um, but no doubt it is one of the tougher non-conference schedules in in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no way I talked about some of the matchups earlier. You know, specifically that Virginia one, uh, the Emerald Coast Classic. Excuse me, is going to be tough at Marquette, Texas at home. It, it's going to be a challenge. I think if you're trying to look at it from a optimistic perspective. I think you do step back and say the only team that looks like it's sort of in that, I don't want to say unbeatable, but that really, really top category uh, is probably Virginia. And that game's at home. Moreover, how does Virginia look, you know, from last year? Obviously, they went through some offseason attrition, just like Purdue did uh, from that NCAA, legendary NCAA tournament game that that the two played last season. Um, And then other than that, I mean, there aren't, there aren't any games that I would put up as a sure loss at this point. I mean, Texas should be should be decent, but you know, it's not like the Longhorns have been a powerhouse lately. And you know, a team like VCU, Purdue has is probably going to be more talented coming into that game. Uh, same with Butler. So I, I think the schedule is daunting, but at the same time, um, if you can develop, grow, and figure things out relatively quickly, uh, it's not going to be uh, debilitating. And and one other positive thing I, I think for the Boilermakers is the December Big Ten games, uh, the appetizer of Big Ten play, I guess. Uh, you get that one week or so in, in December where they have conference games now. Doesn't look all that tough. They get Northwestern at home, who projects to be the worst team in the league, and then a road game at Nebraska, who also projects to be pretty weak in the Big Ten. So I think that's – those are two little things that, you know, Purdue might be able to take advantage of there that where some of the other Big Ten teams have a little bit tougher uh, conference games, at least on paper at that point. So uh, something something to, <laughs> to be <laughs> excited about. Um, but uh, Bryce, before we get to season predictions, that kind of stuff, um, is there anything about this Purdue team that that you think fans should be following, should be aware of, I guess, as, as sort of we come into the season or things at least you're thinking about? You know, I think I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I think, you know, what happens at the at the four spot, I think is going to be an interesting thing to to follow this season. Um, you know, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, they're, they're wanting to think about playing Williams at the four a little bit. Uh, I think if Wheeler comes in and has a really strong early part of the year, uh, that point maybe becomes moot a little bit. Um, but I think that's going to be interesting. It, it was it was kind of a question amongst fans last year as well before you know Eifert really took control of that role. But there are you know, similar questions 
with that position this year and just how the bigs are going to be rotated around. Um, you, know, you also have Evan Boudreaux uh, at, at the five. Um, you know, he, he played and started some games last year. And, um, you know, if you look back at the, the Virginia Tech game last year, had a pretty good game um, then. Um, but I think that's going to be an interesting thing to follow early on. Um, a young guy maybe to follow there, too, is Mason Gillis. Uh, he projected to play the three or four. Um, I think they've liked some of the things that, that he's done in practice so far. Uh, coming off a, uh, a knee injury, though, in high school, so that'll be an interesting thing to follow. But, yeah, that's kind of, I think, where my interest is a little bit uh, early on mm-hmm. in the season and just how uh, the minutes and the lineups uh, kind of shake themselves out. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think the four, the race for the four spot is one of the more interesting position battles on this team, but I, I think it's maybe the most important um, because ultimately I, I think Purdue is going to want to play smaller. Uh, they're going to want to play, you know, Wheeler there. That's I, their higher ceiling is with Wheeler there. I, I think um, and Williams providing some relief effort when needed. But one of the other things I just wanted to reiterate before we get to the, the season predictions and overall stuff is this team is going to have to figure out some some major things as far as three-point shooting. And I know we talked about this earlier, but I just wanted to pull this up just to put it in proper context. So three-point, uh, excuse me, three-pointers made last season for the Boilermakers. I'm sure this is going to come as no surprise, but <laughs> number one is Carson Edwards last season was 135 over the course of the season. So really solid number. Behind him, Ryan Klein with 111. So both guys well above 100 three-pointers made. Nobody else was even close last season. Uh, Eifert finished with 35. And then Wheeler is the highest returner for the Boilermakers with 31. Uh, So you start to get a sense of, you know, the total made last year for Purdue was 365. And... Um, what is this 245 or so came between just Edwards and Klein. So there's going to be a massive hole uh, from three point range, just with those departures that Purdue's going to have to replace. And, you know, as we talked about, that doesn't necessarily doom the season or anything like that. And I'm, I'm sure they're going to get, you know, Wheeler, as I mentioned, was pretty solid from three point range. So maybe he can be a guy who fills in there. Uh, But certainly that is going to be one of the bigger, if not biggest challenges coming into the season in today's game. I mean, it's not rocket science to conclude, you know, the teams with the best three-point shooting in today's games are often the teams doing the best on a regular basis. So that's something Purdue's going to have to work on, um, which I'm sure Matt Painter is more than aware of. Um, But I just wanted to highlight that for our listeners, just because it is something where it's going to be a challenge uh, coming into the season. But but with that, why don't we get to the the season predictions here, uh, Bryce? What are your overall predictions for Purdue? Uh, how do they do in the Big Ten? Do they make the postseason? If they do, uh, where do they land? Sure, I think you know. In talking with that kind of tougher non-conference schedule, there might be a little bit of a a slow start as uh, the pieces kind of get together. Um, I, I think it follows a kind of a similar uh, path as last year. So. You know, maybe struggling a little bit uh, coming out of the gate, uh, and then really hitting stride uh, with 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 Big Ten play. And so I think, uh, you know, maybe not as high um, in terms of what they achieved last year, but I, I still think uh, 
you know, top four, top five finish in the Big Ten um, is something that that will happen. And, um, you know, with that, a, a tournament berth. And I think the ceiling there, um, you know, probably around, um, you know, if you can get back to the Sweet 16, I think that's a that's a pretty great year, um, you know, especially with, you know, most of the team, um, you know, coming back uh, the following year. Uh, you know, kind of continuing that that consistency that we that we mentioned at the top um, uh, of the program. Um, I, I think that's kind of where where this team can go. Yeah, I mean, I I think I'm generally kind of in in the same range where I don't know how you look at this this roster, this season, um, and just all. Excuse me, I, I think I cut out there uh, for a second. But I, as I was saying, I, I was just going to point out that, you know, I think based on just looking at this thing on paper, um, you really can't look at things and think that this is a team loaded to go to the Final Four, to win the national championship like it was last year. This is a team that is going to have some some early growing pains. Um, I do think it is a team that is more than capable of staying in the Big Ten race, particularly because the Boilermakers are so good at home. Uh, Mackey's just such a tough place to play that I think Purdue is is going to do well in conference play just because of that. I think they can score some wins that they otherwise wouldn't get just because they've they've built such a great home court uh, advantage. But Overall, I, I think this is a team, it's going to make the tournament. I think it'll make it ra- rather comfortably, to be honest, but I'm a little skeptical that they're going to make any deep run in March, barring uh, one of these freshmen hitting the ground running or one of the, you know, Proctor, a transfer or, or somebody like that, just lighten it up from three or, or really surprising us in a positive way. So um, at this point, uh, I have Purdue third as far as the Big Ten, which is probably higher than some other folks have. Um, but I, I think the home court advantage is, is going to matter a lot. I think a guy like Wheeler can really pick it up as the season continues. He has a, a nice skill set. So I think the Boilermakers will have a nice, productive season. I just I think they're going to fall a little bit flatter in March than I, I think fans might originally hope for. Um, but, uh, but Bryce, uh, do you agree with that? Uh, any other thoughts as far as Purdue is concerned uh, or the Big Ten here before we let you go? Yeah, I, I generally agree with, uh, you know, kind of that analysis there. Um, I think it's going to be a fun year uh, to kind of watch some of these young guys grow um, and develop. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, top four or five in the Big Ten is is about, you know, where this uh, where, where they're at right now uh, with, with an opportunity to maybe to, to get in that top three, um, depending how it all uh, shakes out. I think – the Big Ten in general, you know, it's it's Michigan State's to lose, obviously. Um, I think after that, it's pretty pretty open ended. Um, I know a lot of people have Maryland kind of penciled in in that two spot, um, but you know, to be honest, I, I just I don't know if you've seen that from from Turgeon uh, in the past. You know, I, it, it's going to be interesting there to see uh, you know what that team can do. Uh, I think Ohio State is going to be, you know, very talented, um, you know, but they're relying on some some of the young guys as well, um, and you never really know with with Caleb Blessing either. Um, and then there's a, a a team that is kind of maybe on the rise. Um, you know, I think this is similar to some of the other stuff out there, uh, but I think Illinois uh, takes a step up this year and and gets back to the tournament. Um, I, I like the. 
the talent level in their program. Uh, I like the way they play. Um, you're really in your face defense, and then they want to run up and down the floor offensively. Um, and yeah, so I think they get back to the tournament in a big year for for Brad Underwood, um, and and just really excited to to get the games back going again. And um, yeah, I think it's it's the best league in in the country yet again. Well. Yeah, I mean, I I'm kind of with you as as I said, I'm I'm excited for the season. I think the Big Ten is very very much open behind Michigan State uh, for the for that second spot, so it should be a lot of fun. But uh, but Bryce, thank you again for joining us uh, for our Purdue preview. Where can people uh, check out your stuff? Yeah, it's really just on uh, you know Big Ten Powerhouse. Excellent, and uh, I I presume where can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, B Bennett, one, 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 one. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, with that, everyone, thanks for joining us. Uh, we, we strongly ask, you know, rate our podcast positively, uh, follow, subscribe, check out BT powerhouse, the season prediction, or excuse me, season previews for every team have started to post. We'll be posting one every weekday until we have all 14 done. Uh, very detailed, uh, thorough analysis of every team. So check those out. Um, started, I, I think Illinois and Indiana are up at this point. Maybe, maybe one more. But uh, strongly recommend you checking those out. Uh, as always, my name is Thomas Bendit. Follow me on Twitter at tbendit. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time.